It's your boy Mason. This is episode 85, and I'm so happy to have Kyle Jepson on this episode. He's from the Boston, Massachusetts area. He's in the software industry. He actually works for HubSpot, and him and I connected on LinkedIn a while back, and we've had some conversations, and I'm so happy to have, have you on this episode. How are you doing today, Kyle? Good. I'm excited to be here. So tell us a little bit about your journey at HubSpot. Tell us a little about your career journey and how you got at HubSpot. Yeah, sure. So I, uh, I've been at HubSpot about five years now. Um, and my, my current role I've had, I guess, just over four years, I, I create online courses for HubSpot Academy. So they're just freely available, uh, mostly teaching people how to use HubSpot software. Um, but also just some general sales tactics kind of falls to me too, which is interesting because um, you mentioned my, my career journey. My, my first job after college was a sales job. Uh, I had heard this phrase somewhere that like sales is everything or all business is sales or something. And so like, I just wanted, I wanted to understand what business was and I thought sales was a great way to learn. So I, I got a, a sales job inside sales job for a, uh, for a, a technology company not, not far from, uh, from where I went to college and, uh, and was terrible at it. Frankly, I was really, <laughs> I struggled and um, it was, it was uh, cold calling. Uh, I was just given a list of names and phone numbers and just expected to dial all day. I was an appointment setter for an outside, a field rep. Um, and uh, and the, the company I worked for sold software for apartment complexes. Uh, so, you know, online leasing and renting stuff. It was actually really cool tools. Um, I like, liked the tools a lot. But the, the names I w- and, and phone numbers I was given, I, I think it just been scraped from the internet. I have no idea where they came from. <laughs> I never knew who these people were working for or, or what their role was. And, um, and I called, you know, I, a couple times I called people and would start into my pitch and they'd say, oh, I'd I don't own this apartment complex. I'm just a renter here. Like, oh, sorry. <laughs> and, and like, so uh, sometimes even worse than that, I once called and asked for someone who had recently died and made his wife cry oh, wow. on the phone. Oh, my it goodness. Was this, it was this miserable experience of never knowing if, it, if in the first place someone was going to answer the phone. And if they did, if they were even the right sort of person for me to be talking to. And yet, somehow, other guys on my team were, were hitting their appointment scheduling quota, were getting bonuses, and I just, I just couldn't do it. <laughs> I, I, was, I, 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 I was terrified not knowing. And, and, um, and something I learned about myself is, is I really value uh, making people happy. And so mm-hmm. if I call someone up and they're the right person, they're the decision maker, and they're like, well, actually, we're working with one of your competitors, and, and we're very happy with them, inside my soul, I'm just like... You're happy? I'm happy. <laughs> you know? And that wasn't my job, right? Like, right, my manager, right. the, the little bit of training I got was like, build dissatisfaction, make them want a demo from us. And like, I just couldn't do it. Oh, you're happy? I'm happy. And, that was, and so um, I lasted about six months. And then my manager took me aside and was like, look, you're, you're a hard worker. You make more dials every day than anyone else. 
but you're totally ineffective. I can't keep you on this team. Um, mm. So if there's any other role in the company you want, I'll make a recommendation. I've seen, I've seen you, you're trying hard, but you, you're not, you're not going to make it in sales kid, you know? And mm. so I moved over to customer service where my job was to ensure people were happy. Right. And right, that, right. that works much better. Um, so I was there for a while. I, I ultimately left that company and moved to Boston so I could go to grad school. Turns out I, didn't like grad school. I thought I would. I did not. After being at a, a sort of fast-paced software startup sort of environment, going to, to the ivory tower of academia was just so slow and so rigid. And <laughs> But I, I fell in love with Boston, and, and my wife and I decided to, to stay here. And so um, I, I applied to some software companies in the, in the area. I got in at HubSpot, uh, entry-level you know, customer support sort of person. And then uh, eventually the, the role I now have on HubSpot Academy opened up and I moved into that. And, and so now I, like I mentioned, I, I, I create courses about sales, right? I teach salespeople how to use HubSpot. And as part of that, I, I research sales best practices and tell people, uh, you know, this is, this is the right way to do sales, which is, yeah. which is crazy because my, my sole sale experience was like <laughs> of misery. Um, right. But I... I feel like that's given me some some empathy. I think I think in our society, and especially those of us like like people at HubSpot who evangelize this idea of inbound and like sales and marketing should be human and and you should be helpful. Um, I think it's really easy to to vilify salespeople. Like, oh, those slimy salespeople. They just mm. they're just in it for the money. They they don't have souls, you know. And yeah. <laughs> like that's not it at all. If I if I think about my my freshly graduated twenty something self. Um, I just wanted a job. I just wanted some money, you know, and I was just doing what I was told. If, if I had, if I had, you know, read some blog posts from HubSpot and been like, good gracious, we're doing this all wrong. Hey, sales manager, here's how we should do it. That yeah. would have done any good. Right. Cause exactly. I was like, I was the guy on the sales floor who couldn't, who couldn't generate results. Why would anybody listen to my suggestions? And so, um, I don't know, that's kind of a, a long answer to your short question, but, uh, that's, that's a bit about me. You know, one thing that I, you know, I was talking to a friend or sorry, a LinkedIn connection, and she mentioned that she's in sales, but her degree is in psychology. So I'm curious, uh, when you went to college, was your major in psychology? Was it in accounting? Was it in? Uh, so I, I studied linguistics, actually, uh, which is just okay. study of language generally. Um, okay. And loved it, which is why I went to grad school in the same thing. But uh, yeah, I, I, I don't Can know. Can you speak more than one language? I actually don't, uh, which is okay. another reason my academic career came to it. And you can't really be a serious <laughs> linguist unless you're, multi, uh, you're, you're fluent in multiple languages. And I'm, okay. I'm definitely not. <laughs> yeah, cool. So you moved to Boston. You're living in Boston. You said you love Boston. And how many years have you been there? Uh, seven, I think. Seven years? Bad school plus five years of HubSpot. Okay. So now that you've been in Boston and then, you know, see, in, in Rochester around March is when things start being quarantined, like beginning of March. So when the pandemic started, I thought that I was going to enjoy working from home but I don't enjoy working from home at all. <laughs> so for you, 
how did that process go for you? Yeah, so uh, I mean, a bit of context there. My wife and I have have three kids, um, and uh, and HubSpot's a pretty flexible company. Uh, my job is pretty easy to do remotely, so working from home a day here and there was always an option before the pandemic. But I avoided it as much as possible because anytime I tried to work from home. You know, the kids are playing with my keyboard or they're, they're touching the screen or they're asking questions or they're wanting me to play with them or they're crawling on my back. And I just, I, I was convinced I could never handle a work from home lifestyle. That, that just didn't, but a similar March came. Uh, I think here in Massachusetts, we were a bit behind you in New York. I think it was later March that we quarantined. And I, I remember I got the email from, you know, HubSpot's head of HR, everybody's working from home till further notice. And I just packed up my stuff and came home. And at the time I really thought, you know, I, you know, be a couple of weeks, a month, I'll, I'll grip my teeth and get through it, but I'm going to hate this. Uh, but I was actually just the opposite of you. I thought I was going to hate it and I really enjoy it. Um, it, uh, I, and I don't know if part of it is the kids have just gotten used to me being here now, maybe I was a novelty before, mm. you know, dad never mm. works from home. And so if he does, now they realize my job is just staring at a computer screen all day and it's not that interesting <laughs> uh, to watch. And, yeah. uh, but I, I just really like being here. You know, I, I eat lunch with my family, you know, and, and yeah. sometimes if, if a kid draws a picture or, or, you know, is, is practicing a somersault or something, they can say, hey, dad, look, and I can turn and look and see it and then go back to working. Yeah. <laughs> was stuff I would miss before, right? And mm. it's, it's been an interesting mm. transformation for me because I, when it comes to home life balance, I've always been very much into compartmentalizing things, right? Like mm. I work these hours and I'm at work and, and you know, family leave me alone because I'm at work. And then I come home and I unplug and work. Don't talk to me because I'm with my family. Um, and now everything is just mixed together, right? All the time I'm, I'm kind of doing both. Um, but I've, I've gotten used to it. I really, I, I like it. You know, I, yeah. I like, I like being here. I like being around. It'll be interesting to see if I continue to like it in the fall, if I'm still working at uh, home in the fall. Yikes. Because um, my, my wife, who for the whole time we've had kids has been at home with the kids, she's going to, to grad school this fall. She's going to get a okay. social work. Um, okay. And so like childcare is going to become a thing we have to think about, right? And, and our right. oldest is, he, he should be going into first grade. We don't know okay. yet what the schools in Boston will be doing, if it'll be in mm. or online or a mix of the two. Okay. And so there's a lot of uncertainty about whether I'll continue enjoying working right, right. <laughs> uh, But right now in the summer, when we're all just kind of here hanging out together, it's, it's pretty great. Yeah. What would you say are some of the first initial adjustments that you, the children, and your wife had to make? Like March, April, May-ish. Yeah. So um, I, HubSpot sent its employees home to work from home before Boston public schools shut down. And so for the oh. first couple of days, it seemed like, you know, my oldest son was still going to be going to kindergarten. My, my daughter was still going to be going to her weekly dance classes. Like life would just okay. continue as normal, but I would be at home. But then okay. as things got worse, it quickly became clear that was not the case. And then my son ended up doing school from home and, and my daughter's dance classes got canceled. And it just, mm. you know, everything's on Zoom now and we're all sharing the internet. <laughs> we're all having to figure <laughs> out, you know, can I, can I have a meeting on Zoom in one room while my, my six-year-old is attending Zoom kindergarten in the next room over 
without you know talking over each other and driving yeah, each other yeah, yeah. crazy like <laughs> does the wi-fi reach every room in the house this is not a thing we've had to test before mm. um but i mean the the thing that's been great is it's not just the jepson family that's figuring this out right the whole world is going through this together mm. um and so people have been pretty patient right I, at the beginning i i was at uh, any time i was hopping on a zoom call like kids out of the room be silent like do not come in and i quickly realized like if a little kid comes and pops over my shoulder and peeks on a zoom meeting everyone on the zoom meeting is nobody's upset right they all just say oh hey hi what's your name nice right right right, exactly, right? And, exactly. and everybody's just really friendly and understanding and it's it's so interesting to me that you know as the whole world has gone this remote uh, the direction. Um, I mean, right now we're talking over Zoom. You're you're seeing my living room behind me, right? And I, right, I'm right, seeing right. Your, your living space too. And we get these little peeks into people's personal lives that we never would before, right? And yep. and there's always been this idea of like you come to work and there are certain things you have to leave behind. And we're trying as a society to get more open-minded, more accepting. Of, but the reality is there are still things you get. But now. We're all working from home all the time, right? And we, you yep. have to just be you. You have to yep. just own the fact that like, oh, my kid is going to come through. Or if you're the sort of person who has a dog or a cat or something, like that is now part of your reality at work too. Yeah. Um, and I, I think it's been a, uh, just a, an interesting growing experience for all of us that we're all in together. Totally. Um, this is a, a side question. So you make content for HubSpot. Generally, when you were making videos, like, how long would that process take? Like, was it a month and then, you know, the video that you made? Or is there a beta testing where maybe you make the video, get some feedback, make it, and then it's public? Um, when it comes to, like, the content that you create with videos, generally, like, what what's the process for that? Yeah, so it, it varies a lot. And in the, the four years I've been doing this, it's it's changed a lot. HubSpot Academy has has grown up. When I, when I joined four four years ago, it was still pretty scrappy. And now it's it's a pretty large team and, and, and much more regimented and, and disciplined in a lot of ways. Um, but in general, uh, we uh, ideas for content come in one of two ways. Sometimes someone in HubSpot's upper management says, we need a, a HubSpot Academy to create content on this topic, right? <laughs> we are, earlier this year, we, uh, HubSpot launched a, a standalone CMS for building websites and stuff. And, and our CEO said, HubSpot Academy better have a, a course that teaches people how to build websites. And so one of my colleagues said, okay, well, I guess I'm building a, a course on that, right? And she did. Um, other times, we, uh, we, the content creators, um, based on feedback we've gotten from, from our users or, or just research we've done on our own, can, can identify gaps and say, you know, I think it'd be really helpful if we had content on this. Uh, one example of that is I, I made a course on, on sales management a couple of years ago. And to do that, I just recorded interviews with a bunch of very experienced sales managers and spliced their wisdom together, right? Because sales management, I realized, was a career a lot of people just sort of accidentally fall into, right? Like, oh, you're our top performing rep and our manager just left. You're the manager now. And like, mm -hmm. I don't know how to manage mm -hmm. people. All I know how to do is sell, right? <laughs> and so I, I really thought there was a lot of value. Oh, if we could create a free course for that guy, he would probably really appreciate it. Um, yeah. And so um, that's kind of how the, 
the ideation. Sometimes it's dropped on us, sometimes we volunteer for it. Um, and then how long it takes to develop depends a lot on, on what we're doing. The majority of what I build is, is essentially training videos for how to use HubSpot tools. And that doesn't take much time at all, right? I just talk to the engineering team, hey, how, do you, how did you intend for this thing to be used? Um, then I write out a, a script. Uh, on my team, I have a, a content editor. So usually what I do is I, I write my script and, and put together some PowerPoint slides and record just a quick video on my, on my webcam. And then I send it to her, and she looks it over and identifies typos in my slides and tells me where things are confusing. Um, <laughs> I, I revise it and, uh, and record it. And we have, we have a video team at, at the HubSpot office. We have a nice little video studio. Um, and so normally I would record with them. Since, since quarantining, um, I, I have had to learn how to record at home. Um, really? So HubSpot bought me a, an iPad that records in high definition and one of those ring lights so I, I'm lit okay. and uh, a little <laughs> mic I can clip on my, my collar and, uh, and I just record myself now. <laughs> you got a green screen too? Do you have a green screen too I, or do I, they like change the background? Or no, no. So we okay. just, one, one day uh, on Zoom with my laptop, I just walked through my whole house with, with my a couple guys from the video team oh, nice, on Zoom, nice, and they looked nice. at every wall in my house, and they were like, that's the best one. And so there's this wall just over here in my living room. Like, if you, if you look at some of the, the newer videos I'm releasing, you can okay. see my couch there. You can see pictures of my family on the wall, and there I am oh, just nice. standing, talking okay. in my living room, right? <laughs> and, uh, and so there's that same thing that's again, amazing. right? Like, my personal that life, is, here it is. Uh, yeah, that's, that's amazing that you're – because some – may have like overreacted you know some ceos or management teams i'm like oh no we got to be perfect i like how raw that it is i like how you guys have adjusted and me personally i'm a big avid fan of hubspot academy like i've taken a lot of different courses watch different even if i don't get a certification i'll watch the videos and yeah um you guys do an amazing job so i just wanted to recognize you guys for like putting awesome content together that's that's relevant for people so thank you um thank you the last question i got for you is you know let's say there's other people out there that have you know wife and kids um or spouse and kids um, to make it more general what is some advice would you give for let's say someone that works from home or they run a business from home and they have the children at home what kind of advice would you give to them that's it's hard. I, I think I think the the biggest piece of advice, it's not really advice, but the biggest insight I've gotten is that you'll never know if you're doing it exactly right. Right. The, the thing um, I remember a couple of years ago when my youngest kid was born, so gave me a six weeks of paternity leave and I was home. And during that time, while my wife was recovering from the birth, I was taking my, my oldest kid to preschool and like uh, hauling the other kids around. And I had this realization that when I'm at work, you know, I can measure success in a variety of ways. I have these metrics, I have, you know, I, these, these responsibilities. And at the end of a day and at the end of a week and at the end of the month, I can look at my goals and tell whether or not I hit them. With kids, it's not like that, right? I put my kids to bed at night and I can't say, oh yes, they are 7% closer to being responsible adults. <laughs> Sometimes it feels like they're miles farther away than they were at the beginning mm. of the day, right? It's just this up mm. and down. And I won't know until, 20 years from now, whether I did a good job as a parent, right? And, and that's, I mean, I think for us, 
who, who are in business. And I imagine, I don't, I've never run a company before, but I imagine, especially for an entrepreneur who it's all about metrics and proof and, and selling the investors and, and, and proving, you know, this is working, this is resonating with the market. Parenting is just this disorienting wasteland of, of no measurable anything. Right. Um, and, and all you can really do is keep showing up. Um, mm. and so I think, I, I mean, it, you can't, you can't measure them the same way. Um, but that said, like, I think one, one guy, so I just, um, I, I, I go to a church here in Boston and it's close to Harvard business school. And, and so I, we invariably have a lot of people at our church who are attending Harvard business school. And one guy who was a young father and getting his MBA at Harvard, um, said his measure of success as a dad was how happy his kids were to see him every night when he came home. And I've thought about that a lot, right? Like that is one thing that I sort of can tap into when I come at home. And I mean, now when I, when that just means I close my laptop for the day, are my kids excited to see me or is it just like, Oh, there's that guy again. Right. <laughs> like, um, and I, I, I think it's little things like that you have to tune into, right? Like, um, I, I think there's this, this wish that we could just work Monday to Friday and then show up on Saturday and take the kids to, to Disneyland or whatever. And, and they will love us forever. But really it's just, it's, it's little bits every day, just reinforcing that, that connection you have. And I think that's probably not just true with kids, but, but for all of us, right. For friends and for family, whatever relationships people have, uh, particularly during this time of pandemic, like we, we have this opportunity to, to lean into those things and nurture those relationships and prove like this, this one is important enough to keep alive uh, this friendship or this love or whatever it is, uh, despite a global uncertain environment. Yeah. You know? um, yeah. And so uh, I don't know, not a clear answer, but that's, that's no, but I like that though. I like, I like how you said it's not measurable, but the biggest thing is just to show up every day. Yeah. Just show up. Um, so I, I commend all the parents out there for those who uh, hear this podcast episode. Um, keep doing what you're doing. It, it, it has to be, um, you know, a huge responsibility to work from home and balance everything um, and keep things, keep the, keep the kids preoccupied. So uh, thank you, Kyle. Thank you for hopping on today. Uh, we'll, we'll keep in touch. Yeah, thank you. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Lunch and Break Podcast, where true sales pros go to share their stories on their lunch breaks. If you enjoyed this episode, give us a rating, share on social media, and make sure you come back for more episodes on Season 4 of the Lunch Break Podcast, where business is personal.